30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 70th episode of the podcast on September 12, 2014. The number 70 worn by Rayfield Wright, who was an offensive tackle, Hall of Fame offensive tackle, for the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s. That's right. I haven't heard of him either. But that's apparently one of the more famous players to wear that jersey number. Uh, it's been an interesting week. We're a little late getting this episode out. We're, we're getting back into our flow of weekly episodes, trying to get that going. But this is also Smash Brothers 3DS week, and Joel, we've been going crazy over it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners, no matter, I mean, you know, even if you're like our age, definitely, that played Smash growing up, and it's... Uh, it's probably, I don't know, it's probably, definitely my most, my favorite, like, fighting game series, even though a lot of people don't consider it a fighting game. Mm-hmm, yeah. And a lot of people consider it a party game, and it's a very good party game as well, just like Mario Kart. Well, for sure. I mean, it, it gets that competition going, just like sports. It's it's sort of related, but anyway, we're we're here. E-sport. We're talking esports now. There you go. <laughs> we esports now. So... Our format of the show, now that we're in football season, we go over some stories quickly in the quick hits, we recap last week's college football and NFL matchups, and then we pick this coming week's games against the spread. And uh, we start in the quick hits with the biggest story of the week. It's one of those stories that transcends sports, if you will. Uh, By now, you've likely seen the video from the elevator in the hotel in Atlantic City. Uh, which featured Ray Rice and his fiancée at the time, now wife, Janae Rice. Uh, and Ray Rice just punching her out, knocking her cold. Uh, it's it's a disturbing video. It's one of those kind of shocking videos to watch. And yet, the, I could see, you know, for video, like the frame rate is tough to see. You get the impression really quickly that, like, some clear issue of domestic dispute and abuse happened here mm-hmm. and uh, uh joel what was your reaction when you saw the video well i mean uh you know at least from what you can see in the video he he you know hits her and, and knocks her down and then you know in a lot in a lot of situations where somebody would do something like that and you know feel regret right, right away and kind of like be like oh like i, I didn't mean to do that oh, like, yeah kind of thing that is not the case. He kind of just like steps over her, um, and then dragging yeah. her out of the elevator in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And we had we'd seen that other angle, you know, outside of the elevator in the lobby. We, we'd seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, you know, the NFL when they decided to suspend in two games, you know, they just supposed what happened in the elevator. They didn't. It's like they saw the the result and like, oh well, because we didn't see the cause, we can't be for sure. And so they suspended him two games, and then we had the whole thing about versus, you know, the the marijuana and Josh Gordon and all this. Well, now things have changed. Ray Rice has been released by the Ravens after, you know, seeing that video. And then the NFL decides to suspend him indefinitely, changing their mind on this. Uh, You know, TMZ broke the video, uh, TMZ Sports, and now the wormhole gets a little deeper. The story is kind of ever expanding. It, it's about the the timing of uh, you know the, the the organization, the team releasing him um, after the NFL had only suspended him, you know, so much. And actually, this next week would be when he would be coming back, right? If he was still playing, um, but then you know, taking actions afterwards, and then you have sources. Um, Apparently, sources in the NFL speaking to other to other people, saying that they had this video, they they knew about this video, uh, like this specific angle, this specific video kind of thing, 
um, at the time that they made that decision, and actually er- even earlier than that. Yeah, in April. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because if that is true, and they're apparently doing an investigation with the a former FBI agent or a former head of the FBI, actually, and it gets you know even deeper from there. You know, we just don't have the time to go in full in depth, but essentially, Roger Goodell has you know you know he's lorded over the NFL, and you know made different judgments on different teams. You had Spygate with New England, mm-hmm. you had the Bounty Gate with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And especially in the case with New Orleans, Goodell's main point was ignorance is not an excuse. Just because you claim to not be aware that something was happening, that doesn't give you the right to say, oh, well, that that absolves me, you know, wipes my hands of it. I think this is exactly the same case. If, you know, Roger Goodell is going on CBS News to do an interview because that's always a good sign, Lance Armstrong... Always a good sign, yeah, right, to go on and get an interview with that exclusive to try to make your case to the public, and it rarely goes well, and it didn't really go well for him either. To say that, you know, to my knowledge, I wasn't aware of the video, well, if that was the case, and the video was there, you just didn't know about it, you know, ignorance is not an excuse. Yeah, I mean, it's, you you turn on news, even if it's not uh, news that generally focuses on sports, and you'll see it there. I'm talking about on CNN, that kind of thing. Um, what's what's the guy's Oberman? Yeah, Heath uh, Oberman. Yeah, yeah. He was he made some like really strong statements about uh, the NFL in general and the commissioner. Yeah, um, saying you know he should be fired, that kind of thing. Um, so you know there there is an investigation going on, and hopefully they can figure something out because uh right now it looks very bad for the nfl mm-hmm. like i mean you you've got uh many different organizations that uh the nfl does partnerships with uh, right. and you've got many people uh purchasing stuff from the nfl every day all this advertising going to you know, different team sites and stuff and we, we already talked about that before with them advertising Ray Rice's stuff Gosh, even yeah. after those mm-hmm. allegations, which is crazy, and and the ways that the Ravens fans were reacting, still female applaud- fans, yeah, applauding female- him yeah. after these allegations came out. I don't understand that kind of stuff, but um, this you know this is kind of even a greater level because now it's you know the commissioner of the whole NFL and mm. and. Uh, just kind of, it, it, it'll be interesting, you know, as the weeks go on, we'll find more, more and more out about it. But, um, yeah, it just, it really doesn't look good um, at all. Yeah, female Ravens fans, even at yesterday's game, you're still wearing his jersey. Uh, Janae Rice going on Instagram and, you know, defending her husband. I, I, you know, there is something to be said for what she's saying about, you know, the media making a lot of it. And, like, you don't know us. Blah blah blah, and then even Paul George, what are you doing? Essentially defending him, like you know, your PR guy must be going nuts. But still, like is the whole idea, and also part of you know we mentioned Keith Olbermann. Great show, Olbermann. If you've never seen it on ESPN Network, it's got it moved from a late night to a uh, an afternoon shift. If you've never seen the show, watch it. It's very very good. Mm-hmm. He made the point that, you know, when Roger Goodell was sitting down with Ray, Ray Rice to talk about his side of the story, and then sitting down with Janae Rice to talk about her side of the story, Ray Rice was still in the room. For a domestic abuse victim to be interviewing someone else and telling her side of the story with her abuser in the room, that's like rule number one of what you don't do. And it- it's just, I mean, it's a social issue, too, so you're, you're going to have a lot of people speaking their opinions on it and that kind of thing. And any time that you see some situation in which it kind of looks like somebody uh, is not really taking domestic abuse seriously, then you're going to have issues with a lot of different groups. A lot of people are going to be upset about oh, that. Oh, yeah. As well they should be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very, very interesting to see 
if Roger Goodell keeps his job. Now, granted, the owners have to vote him out. Basically. And the, the owners like him a lot, at least mm-hmm. from what I hear. He's in the owners' pockets. Like mm-hmm. He makes decisions based for the owners. So uh, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. This story is certainly not over. But he isn't the only, uh, Ray Rice isn't the only NFL player featuring... Uh, Breaking face, news. Yeah, facing <laughs> charges. Uh, what's happening here? Um, actually, no, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just hearing about it now, too. Yeah, because it's, it's hot <laughs> off the internet presses. But it appears Adrian Peterson is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been indicted in Texas on charges of reckless or negligent injury to a child. And a warrant has been issued for his arrest. Now, the Vikings have deactivated him for this Sunday's game with the Patriots, which puts an interesting spin on one of our our uh, games later to be predicted. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, i got to find a quote here. That was uh, not looking good. Essentially, you know, a, a child was speaking on behalf of like a four-year-old child was speaking with police on what, you know, Ray Rice supposedly had. Ray Rice, I'm mixing them up. I'm mixing them up. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm before I find the actual quote, I'm going to paraphrase. Essentially, like saying that he, you know, he's a fan of belts and switches, and he has, you know, like his basement. Here we go. Per police reports, this is that Sports Center tweeting. Adrian Peterson's son told his mom that Peterson likes belts and switches, and has a whooping room. You don't want a child saying things like that, because at that point, they generally don't know how to lie at mm-hmm. four years old. That's, that's not good news. Yeah. And it's, just, it's another mark on the NFL. Like every week, there's something. Yeah. Now the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> are now up for sale, because these stories are just getting weirder and sadder and just full of head scratching head shaking decisions of why so Bruce Levinson was the owner of the Atlanta Hawks he has sold the team or is looking to sell the team meanwhile general manager Danny Ferry is taking a leave of absence why because in conversations in emails and whatnot the good old NBA racial inflammatory remarks have popped up once again. But I will give credit to the Hawks organization and to Mr. Levinson. I mean, he's at least doing something about it. Not being, Donald Sterling, I buy no food and clothes and cars. And trying to be the stubborn old man that doesn't think he's done anything wrong. At least... Mr. Levinson has realized the error of his ways and is doing something about it. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, good for them. Uh, but remarks, speaking about Luol Deng, uh, you know, this is on, you know, for Danny Ferry, the general manager, you know, making as- assumptions based on his African descent. Uh, Bruce Levinson, the owner, you know, speaking about, you know, hypothesizing about why more white people in the city of Atlanta, who it's a predominantly African-American, black uh, population. But he thinks that, uh, essentially, that the reason more white people do not come to the game is that they are scared of the black population. And uh, it's it's frustrating to see people make comments like this. I, I get that, from a business standpoint, you want to kind of understand your demographics in your city and you want to try to you know, get season ticket holders, but you can't be making statements like that. No. Uh, frustrating. It's it's just uh, I don't know. It just it just seems strange in this day and age. But I mean, yeah. there's some some places that you could go, probably especially in the south, where you wouldn't you'd probably hear that every day. And just uh, I'm glad I don't live there. So. Yeah. No, that's very true. It, it's just been a weird week. Ugh. But in tennis news, uh, Serena Williams beat Caroline Wozniacki, mm-hmm. and Marin Silic beat Kei Nishikori yeah. for the U.S. Open titles. Uh, that was surprising. Nishikori, he's been kind of on the verge playing rather well. Uh, 
you know, upsetting Novak Djokovic, and then Silic beat Federer. So you'd almost expect a the Djokovic Federer showdown. And you get the two underdogs with uh, with Silic. Yeah, I still have that that recorded on my DVR. I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry that if I spoiled it for you. you oh know? no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, kudos to that. And you know, Serena, I think that's her 18th Grand Slam. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very, very impressive. Coming mm. up on 20. <laughs> but let's talk football and uh, the week that was. But before we do, uh, we could probably even mention uh, the Steelers and Ravens did play yesterday in Baltimore. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore's defense showed up. There was some questionable officiating. You know, some some hits that were... Kind of even done around the shoulder and neck area, and then they called it for you know targeting the head and you know at the put it at the goal line and all this stuff. I had people commenting on Twitter about you know the game is changing, the game has changed in ten years, you won't be able to recognize it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, interesting to see the Ravens fight back with the kind of tenacity that they did after mm-hmm. the rough week of news, though. Yeah, no, like, I think that's, that kind of tells you a little bit more about them than anything, because at least, like, from the Ravens fans I know, they, uh, a lot of people just kind of packed it up after the first game. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, man, like, I mean, like, even though that game wasn't necessarily a blowout, I heard that it was, it really wasn't that close, like, as the score indicated, that Cincinnati dominated them pretty well, and they, so they think, you know, you play that team in your division, you're just like, ah, well, now we don't have a chance right off the bat. But they, but they looked a lot better. Um, and, you know, coming back, getting a game in division, it's, like, huge. It's important. And, um, yeah, it just the, the, the – some of the – I heard some of the – I need to go, go back and watch some of the replay of it, but I heard that there were just some, like, calls that made you question whether or not we were playing football anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, you're not really sure – like, it, if – if you don't want to get hits, go play wide receiver. Right. Is what kind of what you're telling people that are growing up with football. Um, because I know like I can understand you you've got to protect players. That's obviously uh, it's, you know, more in the forefront now than it's ever been, but um how exactly are you supposed to tackle people? Right. I'm not that's that's they need to if if they're going to do this kind of thing They've got to teach them how to tackle differently or something, because like I really don't know what you're supposed to do. Are you just supposed to pull them down? <laughs> like I don't, I don't really know what they're supposed to do. So it, it's kind of taking some of the intensity away on the defensive side of the ball, which um, I don't know. I love seeing hard hits on yeah, you know, that side of the ball. It's supposed to be the tough um, positions to play, and ex- I mean, especially in you know that rivalry, like. Oh yeah. Th- those games, like y- usually, people are just like, you know, knocking each other's heads off. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see as the season goes on how they call these games. Because that, I mean, that game wasn't close, but it, it could essentially change an entire game just based on one way somebody tackled someone short and then they give them a first down. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is trying to hold them in there at the end, you know, holding the field goals, but turnovers don't help. Um, ben Roethlisberger failed to pass for touchdown for the first time in 30 games, so that breaks his streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's a tough game for him. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come back next week and be okay. Mm-hmm. But in college football, uh, week two, just an overall kind of... Well, you had one, you had a couple good games, you know, slated up, but... You know, they were talking like the SEC that is just a terribly, you know, weak set of games because a lot of them are just out of conference, mm-hmm. playing puffball teams, and well, you know, the the best competition is still yet to come. Well, like uh, first before we we get to them, I just want to know what your, uh, you know, this was supposed to be with these out of conference games. This was supposed to be the Big Ten's big week, like. Like, if you look at a lot of... This is the first week where a lot of your best teams are playing out of conference. Yep. And you can really make a statement, like, for the conference kind of thing. I just want to know, because you fo- you obviously follow it more than I do, what do you think, like, after this? Like, wh- it's a what garbage is- dump. It's a flaming turd. Um, Michigan State is the best team in the Big Ten. 
I, I, I don't think that anybody's going to argue otherwise because yeah. they looked great in the first half against Oregon. If they don't run the conference and go undefeated in conference, they will have missed a monumental opportunity. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Uh, you know, I expected Ohio State to be better. Obviously, you know, losing Braxton Miller and putting in JT Barrett hurts them. Now, Barrett was one of Meyer's first recruits and, you know, at quarterback. So, like, I guess maybe he'll take some time. I think they'll be fine. They'll win most of their game. Maybe they drop one another by chance. Mm-hmm. So they'll be fine. But Michigan State is very likely going to run the Big Ten. Michigan, I have no words for. Uh, I was out with friends. I did not see any of the game. I got the score updates, and that's all I really needed to see. They're not ready for the big time. They like to talk tough, especially from the athletic director, who likes to do his old marketing shtick trying to be the Jerry Jones of college football. You know, that's not a good thing. Uh, They can beat up all the terrible teams that they want to. But when you start playing a team, and Notre Dame's not even that good. They're they're fine. They're a, a good team. But it's not like you were facing world beaters, and so you had no reason to be shut out for the first time since 1985. 84, mm-hmm. 85, still, doesn't matter. Uh, Big Ten showed its ass this past week. Well, I heard something like, I heard something like Michigan has, um, is it? Michigan has uh, a really good wide receiver, um, and then like people were trying to come up with other great players on the team, and they said, well, they do have a really good wide receiver or something like and that. And that good wide receiver is now in a walking boot. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... I mean, the know. quarterback is supposed to now get it. Oh, he spent time with the offensive coordinator this year. He's, he's supposed to get it. Yeah, he plays great when you know, you're know you against Appalachian State or this week against Miami, Ohio. They'll have a great game. They'll think the program's turned around. It's not. This is one of the down... You know, lulls of the entire program's history. I mean, at least Rich Rodriguez was getting better throughout the course. Yeah, he took way too long, but over the course of years, he was getting better. Brady Hoke is getting worse. Yeah, it's. I mean, if anything, I'd say the one thing that we know about Rich Rodriguez is that he kind of he has a direction that he like takes a team. Like he he clearly has a goal for like where the team's going to be. You're not really sure with Brady Hoke where it's going and like kind of how he's shaping the offense, what they're doing with the defense. It's switched so much. You're just not really sure. They get they get these good recruits, but then it doesn't really pan out the way that they want it to, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you're just not really sure where they're going. But I, I figured that you would need a vent about something just because besides the Big Ten in Michigan, that it just was kind of a rough week and everything. So I figured that... We just go ahead and uh, I, I appreciate it. And I'll tell you, from a Michigan fan's perspective, like the dream, you know, at the end of the year is that things fall out between Jim Harbaugh and San Francisco because he does not get along well with their general manager. Mm-hmm. Things fall out there. He does not renew his contract. He's, you know, becomes out on the market again. And you make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in college football. That's yeah, it's definitely a guy that could come back into the college game, I think, and and dominate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he had he had Stanford as one of the best programs. So I mean, he played at Michigan, alma mater. Uh, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. But who knows with that? Dave Brandon, athletic director, running around. Anyway, let's get to you know last week's games. Mm-hmm. It Oklahoma at Tulsa plus twenty four and a half, and oh, you just stopped them. Yeah, uh, they look good. Um, kind of, you know, their quarterback coming out throwing for lots of yards. They got a lot of young talent. Defense looks good. Mm-hmm. Fifty-two to seven, the final there. USC at Stanford minus two and a half. You know, we were watching this game. We had both picked Stanford, and we thought it was going to be, you know, late, maybe a field goal. They'd cover. USC pulled out the late field goal with a couple minutes left to go. They they just Stanford's only really got one guy that can make a lot of plays for them, and he you know they weren't getting him the ball, and they're just so conservative mm-hmm. at home. I cannot believe how conservative they were at home. Yeah, too like, conservative for sure. It, it, that I that lost them the game right there. Just the coaching decision to be that conservative. Uh, so I, they still could have snuck this out, but you know, props to 
USC's defense because they at least showed up. Like they looked mm-hmm. real, they looked really good. Um, so if, if there's anything, I know everyone wants to talk about offense with them all the time, but their defense looks good. Looks like they could definitely win them some games this year. And yeah. if that offense gets better, they could they could be the second best team in that conference. <laughs> so. That's for sure. Thirteen ten final. Ole Miss at Vanderbilt, SEC matchup plus twenty and a half. Yeah, we thought Vanderbilt would keep it close. I know they had a rough week the previous week at Temple, uh, and that kind of continued—a forty-one to three decision for Mississippi. Yeah, I mean Vanderbilt. I, I think they had a couple years where they were like kind of overachieving a little right. bit, with, you know, with with a you know a really good coach, obviously. Um, but I think until they, you know get some recruiting classes sorted out they're probably going to go back down to one of the lower rung teams in the sec again yeah um i mean if we were talking about academics put them way way up there <laughs> but um on the football field probably not gonna have that good of a year this year yeah not not their year and, and hey old miss came out and they scored lots of points which i guess that's the reason that the odds makers made that spread yeah, and the defense played well for sure yeah Michigan State at Oregon minus eleven and a half. Uh, played out probably how you thought it. You know, Michigan State kept it close. Did not look like a bad team like I thought that would happen. Uh-huh. I just thought they'd keep it close at eleven and a half. And just Oregon, how they do in Autzen. Michigan uh, they just, they away. Michigan State's offense looked crisp. Mm. Like, um, I mean, obviously when it got down to like the last twenty minutes of the game, Oregon kind of just took over. Yeah. I mean, they started scoring and just was not giving Michigan State anything. Um, but uh, I, there's, I, I really, with that offense, the way that it was moving, and we know that they've got good defensive players, it's tough to see anybody in the Big Ten competing with them this year. Oh. Uh, and, uh, you know, Oregon, Oregon came out and f- finished the game strong. Um, you know, I think probably initially it took them a while to figure out that defense and, and that defensive scheme. But like they do with so many teams. But obviously, I think this is probably one of the biggest wins that they've had in the past three or four years. Because yeah. yeah, um, really, um, it, usually when they got to that game, that they that the big game, they'd lose or something like that. Yeah, so it, it's one thing to blow out, you know, just meager competition. They were very, very impressive. Show why they're national champion. Yeah, I I still think Michigan State is legitimately good defense. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that Oregon just can do that. Um, So, their quarterback looked like Heisman computer. Like he, he he definitely looked good in the game. So, um, Mariota was fantastic. I'm sure the playoff. That's a that's a Heisman. Yeah, yeah. The playoff committee definitely had their eyes on this game um, because it it. It probably looked like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, these teams are definitely at that level. So, now it's kind of how we thought. I mean, with Oregon winning forty-six twenty-seven, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a bad week for the Big Ten for sure. But Michigan State showed their competence, as we thought. Yeah, it's a, not a, not a terrible loss, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was equally impressive for Oregon. And I, yeah, I would won. feel confident about sending them to a BCS game and saying and saying they could win if the BCS existed anymore. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you know a BCS <laughs> level game. Right, right, right. Uh, we had Michigan at Notre Dame in South Bend, the last game, the last matchup between the two teams. Notre Dame favored by three and a half, and they covered that handily, thirty-one to nothing. Uh, Everett Golson, he's back. You know, from his year off of all the looks good academic stuff, looks looks very good. And uh, Michigan, no words. It was pitiful. They're gonna play Miami of Ohio this week, and they'll they'll roll them, I'm sure. Cause I heard it was kind of like watching an Alabama game. You know, like where Alabama, you like you look up the scoreboard, and you're like, well, how is it thirty to nothing? Like it, yeah. like it didn't seem like it. Like it didn't seem because. It was a very like slow, methodical. And it could have been thirty-seven nothing in the. I think they scored a touchdown as time expired, and then it was a challenge and it got taken back. But it could have easily been another touchdown yeah. on top of that. It was. Yeah, it, you, the coaching staff was looking clueless. That's never, never, never a good sign. You, yeah, and I and I heard that like Michigan was moving the ball. They just could not finish anything at all. Yeah, story of the freaking past couple of years. The teams that we both dislike the most. 
Could both teams lose? Virginia Tech at Ohio State, minus 11. Vontech with the upset. Uh, the, the spread a little wider than you thought. It was It was 28-21 with, you know, less than a minute to go. Ohio State trying to make a comeback, and then uh, Virginia Tech just, you know, takes an interception back most of the way and finishes off with a touchdown. So 35-21, Virginia Tech. The Hokies go into the toilet bowl, I mean the horseshoe, in Columbus and pull out a win. Beamer ball. Um, the, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd say that's probably the the um, outcome that we probably would prefer the most. Um, just because it's, it's uh, you know, we get to see, like, uh, the Virginia Tech actually has a quarterback. Like, he, he looks good. Um, there's some talent there. Um, like, there's there's reason to be excited there. It kind of makes the ACC a little bit more interesting. Because it, it, at the at this point, like, in the season, we were like, ah, I mean, it's just Florida State by themselves. Yeah, Florida State's like, going to bum rush them, yeah. So... Um, it makes it more interesting. I think that's good, um, and it it puts you know it puts Ohio State into perspective more that they are still relying on one player like a quarterback to just run the team and be able to do everything and anything they ask of him, and that there's there's problems there's others there's issues on the defense there's issues all over the place on that team everybody thinks they just have all this talent that's going to take care of everything but there's clearly problems on that team Mm -hmm. and so you know now they know that now heading into the rest of the season it'll be interesting to see how they recover from that and the extra point there byu at texas plus one and a half a byu just rolled texas in austin smoked them yeah 41-7, 41-7, I mean, not even close. Who, Who's going to beat BYU this year? I I don't know who's going to beat BYU this year. Mm. They, I mean, you got to think, there's probably not any teams left on their schedule as talented as Texas. Right. So, and they, I mean, they, cr- they crushed them. The game was not even close at all. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It, it depends on BYU's schedule. And, I mean, you got to think with what's happening with the Big Ten right now uh, that there might be a spot open in one of these games somewhere that a team like BYU mm. could sneak in there. Possible. That is possible, absolutely. All right, we have one in the NFL. Uh, we had New Orleans at Atlanta, plus three, and <laughs> Matt Bryant getting two long field goals at the end of regulation to tie the game. And in overtime, like 51 and 52 yards. Shocks the Saints. Uh, Mining uh, Super Bowl picks not looking too good right now. Shocks the down the sideline. Shocks the NFL. Just one, okay, the first of many games that were just complete surprises. Yeah. <laughs> like, Welcome back, NFL. Um, and I think that's I think that's good. I like to see parody the nfl as much as i like to see it in college football and everything like that so this is that's 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 awesome that that atlanta looks like they're they're back you know they they look so much better mm-hmm. already Oof. now pittsburgh got out a big oh lead <laughs> as cleveland came into heinz field pittsburgh favored by a touchdown it was like 21 to 3 something like that I should have just watched the first half and stopped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cleveland comes back, you know, not enough. They weren't really threatening late necessarily, but it was a little too close for comfort. Pittsburgh 30, Cleveland 27. I, I saw Tony on Twitter was like, he was he was getting all into the comeback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, woof. That was close. Uh, a close one. And then, you know, now they've had week two and they're one and one so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Washington at Houston, minus three for the Texans. Houston wins 17-6, to but they lose to Davian Clowney. Yeah. Uh, out four to six weeks. Injury to his knee. <clears throat> Unfortunate, because uh, they, they did play well in defense. Yeah, but, defense looked good. So. Though why are you having Robert Griffin III as a pocket passer? Just put Kirk Cousins in there if you're just going to keep him in the pocket and not let him use his skill set. Yeah. I don't know. I really, it's just uh, so much change going on in that organization. That it has to be maddening for sure. Uh, San Francisco at Dallas plus four and a half. Uh, 
score ended up being 28-17 in favor of the 49ers. It was not that close. No. Tony Romo had a terrible game. Three interceptions in the first half. Yeah. Uh, he just did not look even accurate or on the same page with his receivers. I mean, they were trying to rest him, you know, first game coming back from the back injury, you know, didn't have much of a preseason. But it showed. It really showed. I mean, I think the 49ers will do that to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, they, I mean, they looked they looked great for the first game of the season. So mm-hmm. they they look like they're just as good as they were last year. Yeah. Indianapolis at Denver minus seven and a half. You know, Peyton Manning came out you know not as on fire as last year, mm-hmm. where he had those seven touchdowns and on pace to breaking that record. You know, he had three touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty good. Uh, Denver Probably. got out to a big lead. Probably better than any other quarterbacks this week, though. No, that's true. He's probably <laughs> one of the better quarterbacks for sure. Denver got out to a big lead, but Indianapolis with the comeback as the backdoor cover. Denver wins 31-24, but the spread was 7.5, and, and Denver did not cover Yes, and, and Indy showing that they won't give up late in the game like they did last year. That's true. They have some fight, Absolutely. And then we had on Monday Night Football the New York Giants at the Detroit Lions minus five and a half and Matt Stafford he's getting the coaching from Joe Lombardi, mm-hmm. uh, new offensive coordinator. You know, coming over from New Orleans, Matt Stafford moving his feet in the pocket looks impressive. You gotta like what you see. Yeah, they looked really, really good. The Giants, eh, not so much. Uh, Eli Manning had a, a poor game. Detroit wins 35-14. So on our picks, we did uh, okay. Uh, not so good in the college football game. We both went 2-5. and five. But hey, that was a game improvement for me because I went 1-6 and six in the week one. Man, we do a sports podcast. Coming down to your level. <laughs> Picking against the spread <laughs> is hard. But I did a good start to the NFL week with uh, I did 4-2 and two, and you had 3-3. Mm-hmm. and three. Yeah. So, if Indianapolis had not done that backdoor, well, things might be a little bit better for us. Yeah. So, this week, we have more picks, of course. An interesting slate of college football games. We start with Central Florida at Missouri, minus 9.5. Oh, sorry, Missouri. Mm. UCF at Missouri, minus 9.5. This is at noon Eastern time. Joel, your pick. Um... Central Florida hasn't really looked as good as last year. I mean, obviously, you're going to have a little fall-off with Blake Bortles going to the NFL. Mm. Um, but they just, uh, like, you know, start Penn State beat them, I think, overseas first. Yeah, that's right, in Dublin. Uh, um, so, I don't know. I mean, Missouri still has, I think there's still some talent there, especially on offense. Um I think that being a home game, I'm going to take Missouri with the spread. Um, maybe if it was away, it would be a little bit closer. But I, I think they can cover that 10 points. Yeah, give me the Tigers as well. Uh, they were on the road in Toledo, <clears throat> and they are you know, saying on the, all the college game day predictions, like, oh, Toledo might pull the upset alert against Missouri at home. Missouri blew them out. It was not close. Yeah. Uh, give me the Tigers in Columbia, covering the 9.5. Georgia at South Carolina. This is like the only ranked matchup of the whole week. So make a good SEC plus five and a half favoring the Bulldogs at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And I'll take the dogs as they go also, I believe, to Columbia mm-hmm. in South Carolina. How interesting. Um, Georgia's looking really good. You know, Todd Gurley's got a week to rest. And uh, he'll be coming at that Gamecock defense. At least a touchdown for the Bulldogs of Georgia. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Georgia as well. I think, uh, you know, he pro- probably got the best running back in, I'd say, this year mm-hmm. um, in college football and Todd Gurley. And, um, I, you know, South Carolina's just looked a little bit weaker than anybody expected them to offensively and defensively this year when, when you have Texas A&M just crushing them in that first week. Um and I think Georgia's better than Texas A&M. Um, I, th- I, th- just, I think they've just got such an explosive offense. And when you, you've got a guy in the backfield that can it, you know, make you miss and go 70 yards, it's, mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't really think. I think if anything that they look so much less intimidating at home than I expected. So right. I I don't think it's going to matter um how mi- how much you play what is it? Sandstorm? Is that the thing that they play there? <laughs> sure. Um I I think it's I think it's like a big tradition thing like the ESPN was like hyping up. Um I just it, for you know that Darude song it just yeah. sounds like the the YouTube meme of like when people just like ask what What's the song that's playing? And just everyone asking him, Darude, Sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's going to have any effect on anything. No. Everybody does that. It's, I don't see how it could just be a thing there. It, anyways, um, yeah. I, or, I are think... you, or are you thinking of the, oh, 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 oh. Well, I think, I think everybody that's plays. Not, that's, that's not that song. Well, no, but I think everybody plays. I think everybody it just seems like every game that I've like watched, you've you've heard you've heard the Sandstorm song at least once playing during the game. Might not right, be like a okay. free hype up kind Cause of you song. Get, yeah, because you get the crowd chanting that Zombie Nation song. Uh-huh, also, no. especially in the Big Ten, like Penn State, like started adapting, like then Ohio State. I think even Michigan started to do it. Seven Nation Army. Everyone going, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, ev- everybody does. Oh my that. god, like. What I like is that, like, in the past couple games, I've, I've been sitting next to the band, and so I get to hear the little, like, they play, like, pop songs or anything, and they actually yeah. sound so much better than the actual pop songs themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those bands, um, they're good. The, uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia. Like yes, yeah, back to the picks. It's <laughs> 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 so a battle in the state of Iowa as Iowa State goes to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. Minus 10 in favor of Iowa at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Your pick. Um, well, I, I remember Iowa State lost to North Dakota State the first week. Oh, they're a good team. The Bison, they're a good uh-huh. team. And then uh, the second week, they were... Um, Kansas State was up on them pretty good, but then they came back and almost won the game there at the end of the game um so i, I don't know i don't know, really know, really know what to think of that because i don't really know how good kansas state is exactly um i do know that they lost to north dakota state the year before though hmm. um i i think i'm gonna go with iowa it's at home it's like a rivalry game um and i'm just not really sure about iowa state this year yet i know they didn't make a bowl game last year so Big Ten blows. Give me the Cyclones. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be close. I don't think 10 is going to be covered. Even if Iowa wins, it'll be not by 10. That's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. Hey, rivalry games are always close. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, even Big if Ten the blows. scoreboard doesn't show it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tennessee goes to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, who are favored by 20.5 points at 8 p.m. Eastern in a slate of. Pretty good evening games, I must say, for this week. But I'm taking Oklahoma. They looked so good. Tennessee, it's a down year. It's one of the lulls of their program as well. Uh, Derek Dooley just kind of ruined things there for a little while. So give me Oklahoma. Too much talent. Three touchdowns at least. I will say Tennessee looks a little bit better than they did before. <laughs> like they, they, they don't look as completely clueless on the field about what they're doing as they have like last year as they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um but um I mean I, you know I think I think Oklahoma's just extremely good. I think they're like a legitimate top 5 team when their quarterback is playing like this. Um at, I mean at this point just nobody's been able to have an answer for them at all on offense. So um I don't know. I'm I'm excited about the week afterwards because we get to play them. So. Ooh, that will be good. <laughs> yeah. USC at Boston College, plus 17, also at 8 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think on this one? Um, I mean, it is coming cross-country. Um, mm, that's a good point. The, uh, I do kind of, I do like after watching last week, um, I do like, um, their defense to be able to hold Boston College down a lot. It, the question is whether or not, you know, traveling across country, 
they're just going to be able to score enough because I think their defense can hold Boston College, lo- you know, down a lot. Um, I think maybe their offense does take a step forward because mm-hmm. they've got to do it sometime before they start up the the rest of their big conference games. So um, I'd say maybe this just more of the same on defense and maybe playing a little bit better on offense. Yeah, and I'd Boston say- College is not good. I think you'll be able to cover 17 easily, though that is a good point. If you know USC looks sluggish, you know look to that as a reason why coming across country. I mean, west to east yeah. is is certainly tougher. I mean, they could win the game convincingly and still, you know, by like 14 points or something like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. But it's just all about what their offense does. Yeah, we'll take we'll take USC though. UCLA goes to Texas, but it's Arlington, Texas. It's the Cowboy Classic. So you're not in Austin. You're coming off a demoralizing loss against BYU. Now you're facing UCLA. UCLA favored by 7.5 points, and I'm taking the Bruins. Uh, they got to bounce back after their week of all the defensive touchdowns. And if you want a team who's just exposed and looking for another pounding, uh, give me UCLA to cover that 7.5 against Texas. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of dub this like the, uh, I don't know, the softy classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or something like that. Um, both of these teams just looking uh, so uh, <laughs> so far this year. Like uh, at least from what we've expected of them. There's there's one thing to say something about UCLA supposed to be a top ten th- team kind of thing, and then they just barely win with three defensive touchdowns against mm-hmm. a. Uh, average Virginia team, Virginia yeah. team, and then the next week just barely winning again. I mean, just I don't know. Like they're they're supposed to be better than this, um, and so I don't know. I, I Texas though looked awful. I mean, just terrible. They could not stop anything on defense. So I think UCLA has more talent. Um, I think they have a much better quarterback, and um, I don't. It, it shouldn't be too hard. I think that this should be the first game that they should be able to win convincingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because as of right now, Texas just looks terrible. I, I really don't know much what more to say about them. Um, so. The talent's got to come through sometime. Yeah. No. Not even the hometown crowd might be able to help them. Uh, maybe see if some people walk on. Or, right. I don't know. <laughs> you could use another quarterback. Uh, if your game is not among those six games picked, for you know, as, as far as you know, the team being represented and all that, it's all our, our rules are on the showmeyournews.com slash DTS page. You can find out how to play our little prediction game. We have our extra point in case your team's in the pick six there or if your team's not playing or they don't have a, a line. It's Purdue at Notre Dame, actually versus Notre Dame. It's another neutral site game in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Notre Dame favored over the Boilermakers by 28.5 points. And I would take the Irish. I'm not picking this game because I have Michigan in my extra point. But if I were to pick this game, I'd Irish looked really good. And Purdue... They lost to Central Michigan. So that's a MAC team. They're not having a good year. Uh, Notre Dame, Everett Golson continues to look impressive and rolls. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I don't know, like, that, that, that Notre Dame hype train is starting already. If, if people haven't noticed, um, immediately. They're going to have a perfect season. Immediately. Immediately after that game, I mean, People were riding high saying, because, okay, Notre Dame has a toughest schedule. They they do that on purpose. They go yep. out and they schedule like, just these in, insanely tough games against people from every conference. Well, they don't have a conference, too, call home. So. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's it, their schedule is looking even better with the way USC is playing, you know, earlier That's on true. in the year. And, I mean, what, you've got to play Florida State, too? Mm. And <laughs> so they, they've Oklahoma got Oklahoma in there as well. 
maybe. <laughs> I think the last couple of years. I don't yeah, know if it's I mean, they, they they clearly have the toughest schedule, and um, and so like it, it'll just be interesting to see if they can take another step forward in this game. Um, I, I think the defense last week probably was the thing people were talking about more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Um, red zone defense, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I do, I do think I'm going to take them this week too. Um, they just, I don't know. Like, again, I didn't actually watch the game last week, but right. I hear Neither that did you know, I. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't necessarily have that, that championship defense that they had a few years ago, right. but right. It, it looks pretty good. And their quarterback looks like he's at the same kind of level that he was back mm-hmm. then, which I mean, you know, got him to that point. If you can put a 31 point spread on Michigan, you can put a 31 point spread on Purdue. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. My extra point then Miami of Ohio comes to the big house in Ann Arbor against the Michigan Wolverines. Wolverines favored by 31 at 3:30 p.m. Oh, Eastern. Oh, why did they make that 31? That's Cause, not cause nice. Cuz they're, they're assholes. <laughs> so speaking of 31 point spreads, I think Michigan covers the 31. They're going to look really good against a, a weak team from the MAC. And everyone's going to say, oh, Brady Hogan and the gang have it turned around. And then they're going to go play whoever it is the next week in the Big Ten and lose. <laughs> like, it's... I think if you don't cover the spread this week, people are going to be yeah. There's a lot of questions. Enraged at oh. home, like especially because it's at home. Like people are going oh, yeah. to be really mad. So they've got to come out and take all the offense that they didn't use last week and, yep. and put it into scoring lots and lots of points. Oh, um, well, they better. You've, yeah, you've, you've got to get back on track right now or your season could get all messed up. So you still have a goal, making a bowl game, that kind of thing. So just beat this yeah, team yeah, like yeah, It's a weak Big Ten. You should be able to get at least there, but hmm. yeah, we'll see. What about your game? Um, I'm definitely going to take us. It's, it's uh, I think, Maryland's favored by three and a half. Um, I think in Maryland. Yeah, I think last year they kind of, which I, I don't really understand why it's in Maryland because it wasn't a away game last year, um, but I think it was because they played at the Ravens Stadium or mm. something like that. I don't know. Um, I, I think last year they snuck up on us. We, I mean, we were starting a uh, freshman <laughs> at oh. that point in the season. At quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before um, Trickett played at all, and um, I mean he looks. It's day and night compared to last year. Right. Like it's uh, the offense just is so so much better. Our receivers have experience. We've got like seven running backs. <laughs> like we've got so many. Um, and, uh, you know, pitched a shutout last week. Um, you know, it was a lower division team, but still that team competed at a championship level in their division last year. So they, they look decent. I think it was a defensive improvement over the week before where, you know, playing against Alabama's running backs, they're going to make a lot of teams look bad. So um, I, I think that they definitely took a step forward and, um I just, I don't know, after I watched, I watched Maryland play last week, and they just barely beat South Florida, and it, it did not look impressive. Mm-hmm. It really did not. I, I don't know, I really don't, I, I don't know. Again, they're also in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, uh, so, is the, the Big Ten Network game right before the Michigan game? <laughs> yeah, um, and strangely enough, like, I get, like, a bunch of the like versions of the Big Ten channel, but the HD one isn't like showing up. So I've got to like oh, really? call cable and like figure out why that's being paid for and it's not showing up. On the... it's it's not it's not saying like not authorized or anything. It's just saying please wait for channel. <laughs> and so, you well, know, at least the channel exists though. Yeah, okay, I get to I'll deal with the people who have great customer service, mm. as everybody knows. Fun, fun, fun. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think we win this game, um, and uh, I, you know, I, 
I think it could be like more than 10 points, something like that. I think okay. that we've got to build confidence going into probably the biggest game left on our schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, we have Oklahoma coming in the next week, which uh, we played with Big them test. last year. We played Big with test. them last year when they had that quarterback in there, too. So um, it'll be interesting to see if mm-hmm. it's close like it was then. Well, they'll get to stick around after that and see how Michigan does. So, hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Second week of the NFL, we start with New England at Minnesota plus three, and I'm sure that's changed now that you know Adrian Peterson has been deactivated. So I'm, I'm taking New England. I think it's a smart pick. I think they got to bounce back from that previous week. Uh, the fourth quarter, you can't get much worse against Miami. So yeah, and you know we talk about Minnesota last week. Hmm. Yeah. Looked much better than I think anybody expected them to against the Rams, right? Oh, Isn't yeah, the, yeah, the Rams, yeah. Well, yeah, who, who a lot um, of people were like, oh, like, you know, and I kind of feel that too. Like, we we kind of thought this would they'd look a little bit different on offense. And I had them in the wild card, and I'm, I'm regretting it because well, Sean Hill gets injured. <laughs> you don't have a team, you don't have a quarterback that was even drafted. Yeah. Chris Long is now gone for weeks and weeks. Well, <laughs> it's funny because uh, Decaf uh, was asking me. He said, uh, "Oh, but I, I was shocked that you guys didn't say anything about the Cardinals." I was like, "Oh, it's not that I don't think much about the Cardinals. It's just that that division. Yeah, is, you kind of have the toughest division is, in football. It is really the toughest division in football. And if we thought that the Rams were going to be a lot better." Then it would be really hard. I mean, how do you make up those games in conference? So, yeah. like, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, good on the, the Cardinals for pulling out the yeah. the close game against the Chargers. But it was a one point victory, which is something you don't see a lot. But now, I mean, looking at San Francisco, I mean, I thought they were gonna have a down year. That doesn't seem to be the case. How mm-hmm. are you gonna do against San Francisco? How are you gonna do against Seattle? I, it's a hard, tough, tough, tough it division. Tough. But you know, injuries will kill you. Mm-hmm. Detroit at Carolina, minus two and a half, also at 1 p.m. What are you thinking in this one? Mm, I'm going to go with Detroit. Ooh. It's time to, I, I think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, like, it was kind of how I was feeling about Carolina. Like, you know, we did, did our season predictions and everything, mm-hmm. and I'm just still not necessarily sure. sure. Um. They but, looked pretty good without Cam Newton last week. Yeah. I, I, I was just really impressed with Detroit. I know that it's not saying as much about them because of how the Giants looked, especially on offense and everything, but they looked really good. Like, I was I was proud. <laughs> hmm. Now, I was proud, too. You know, for those that don't know, being in Michigan, Detroit, the local team, etc. But I know... Too much in the same old Lions history. I want to believe. I'm ready to believe. But before I do, I need to see them pass a road test against mm-hmm. a difficult defense, which Carolina has. Luke Keekley playing, you know, as well as he did last year. If Detroit can go into Carolina and beat Carolina, you know, playing against good defenses and playing on the road, something they don't generally do well. Mm-hmm. They beat them. I'll say they've turned a corner. Until then, I'm picking Carolina to cover the two and a half and kind of cover myself on both ends there. Well, there you go. New York Jets at Green Bay Packers, minus eight. I'll take the Packers. It's at home. You know, playing in Seattle for your opener, that's tough. You know, they're going to look a little shoddy. But coming back to Lambeau and you know, Aaron Rodgers will play much better. He'll get the offense sorted out. Now the Jets have a very good defense. It is possible that they could hold Green Bay back from covering the eight. I just have more faith in the Packers than I do the Jets right now. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Packers too at home. I mean, just it seems like they just do crazy stuff at home when I don't think they're going to do well in a game. Mm. They'll come out and just blow out the team, even if the other team's favored. And they're doing like I don't know, like five six lambo leaps before the night's over hmm. um i don't know it's just i don't know what it is about that 
I guess it wouldn't be that cold yet, but that that it always seems like it's really cold when I'm watching them there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers comes out and looks a lot better. Kansas City at Denver in AFC West showdown. Minus 13 for the Broncos. That is a big spread in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So do you take the Broncos or think Kansas City does something with it? Mm, I mean, it's tough because of what Kansas City looked like in the first week and those injuries. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Why? Why does that happen? It just seems like that's one of those teams that there's a really promising player on the team and they just injury right away. Um, I think I'm going to go with Denver. I mean, they get, but they get another home game in a row. I just realized yeah. that. Um, what is this NFL? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Denver at home. Isn't it when they played last year, didn't Denver beat them I think pretty they- badly? I think there was a like they tied, they drew one and one. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. Or maybe it was like the the time that Denver won. It wasn't even close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, just, I think I'm gonna go with Denver just because, um, you know, despite what they look like in the second half, they looked really good in the first half against Indianapolis. And I think I'm kind of I think right now with those injuries, I'm kind of thinking Indianapolis is better than Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I hate to do it, but I'll pick Denver as well. Uh, I know it's a big spread, but two touchdowns with this team at home, I think they can do that. And yeah, it's, as you're saying, Kansas City has so many injuries. It seems like we always want to pick Kansas City to make progress each year. <laughs> and, then, and then the fates uh, have it against them. The Sunday night NBC football game, Chicago Bears go to uh, you know the new city. Mm-hmm. In California, that has is hosting the San Francisco 49ers, Santa Clara. I think yeah. that's it. So no one has San Francisco. Whatever, San Francisco 49ers at home, favored by seven against the Bears. I'll take that. Bears look pretty disappointing week one. San Francisco coming home, they got to look better than they did in their uh, opening game in the preseason there, where they didn't score any points. <laughs> And I think you know, San Francisco just looks a lot better than I think we were giving them credit for. Well, you you had them in the playoffs. I thought they might have been down year. I'll have them cover the seven. Yeah, I think I had them as the same seeding as last. Yeah, it did yeah. last time. Um, yeah, they looked really good. Uh, you know, they get a home game now. You you only think they could they'll they'll probably even play better at home. Right. And um, just not really feeling Chicago right now. Yeah. And finally, Monday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles go to Lucas Oil Stadium, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored by three. Uh, this is the 8.30 game. I still have seven ten on our outline. <laughs> <laughs> Just one Monday Night Football game. Sorry there. Where's uh, the game? <laughs> yeah. I'll take Philly. I think Philly had a very interesting week one where, you know, down 17 nothing at half to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And then just bull rush them, 34 unanswered points, shut the Jaguars out in the second half. Uh, I think they, they put it together on the road. Indianapolis, losing Robert Mathis with the I think the Achilles, he's out for the year. Uh, that doesn't help him. It hurts. So I'm going to take the Eagles on the road. Yeah, like I kind of feel like this is one of the games where... The, the Eagles could possibly sneak up on them. Um, but I, I really like the way that Indianapolis finished the game last week. Mm, yeah. So I think I'm just going to go with Indy being at home. Um, you know, I like the way they finished. and um, But I, I think it will definitely still be a close game. Like it may be like... Maybe like... Four, five, six point kind of thing. It'll be a good game, nonetheless. Yeah. All right. So now that our picks are over, we get to go and play some Smash Brothers with different demos, whether they're English or Japanese. I just grabbed the code. <laughs> oh, did you? Congratulations. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. So 
We'll get back to a more timely schedule. We're looking to do these on Thursday nights mm-hmm. instead of Friday, and we'll get the, the picks for the week out earlier. Just getting back in the flow of things, so we apologize for tardiness there. And uh, that's about it. So, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. You hope you enjoyed the week in sports. Have a good one. Watch some football. Football. Yeah. (laughs)